Hello and welcome to this another edition of Words from the Word of God. Thank you so much for joining me uh, as we enter into the book of Acts chapter 2. The title of the message today will be Lives Transformed, the Message of the Gospel. This is a message that every man, woman, and boy and girl that's born upon the face of this earth need to hear. The message of the gospel. And this we will see uh, preached from by Peter here at the day of Pentecost. And not only that, we will see for the first time the Holy Spirit. People being born again of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit coming in, the person and presence of Christ coming into lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. And what a wonderful blessing. I pray this will be to your heart. In verse 12 of Acts chapter 2, it begins, And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Now, these are devout, as the scriptures have already revealed to us, many devout men of, of, of all nations that had gathered together in Jerusalem that day uh, at the feast for Pentecost. And they were many come because the weather at this time of year was favorable. So there were many, there are probably many more than were at Passover 50 days earlier. But as we go on here, verse 13, others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be it known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Listen closely, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my, on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. What what Peter is telling them and he is reminding of them is the prophecy of Joel. Now, this is not prophecy fulfilled as we will see in the second part, but Joel had, uh, like all other prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and so on, they had near and far prophecy, so they would see the immediate uh, present time, and then they would see into the future. So, But what he's saying here is God is fulfilling his promise to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And as we go on here, he says, uh, and on my service and on my handmaids, I will pour out my in, in those days my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. That, no doubt, is speaking of the tribulation period and the coming of the Lord and his second visible return where he will set up his millennial kingdom. But as we go on here, verse 22, ye men, listen to this now, talking about the good news, the gospel, ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth. A man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath also raised up 
having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holding to it, holding of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Verse 28. Thou hast made known to me that the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance or with thy presence. And then he speaks to him again. He says, men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Talking about David's throne being eternal. That's what he had promised the King David. And verse 31, he seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God, exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath for, shed forth this which ye now see and hear. More confirmation of not only the fulfillment of the promises promises of God in the scriptures, the Old Testament, which they would have known as the scriptures as it referred to in the word of God time and time again, especially by Christ in his earthly ministry. But what he is confirming, not only that the promises were fulfilled, but that the, the risen Lord, his resurrection, his death, burial, and resurrection was firm proof from God himself, the God of Israel, that Jesus Christ was in fact the Messiah that was promised through those Old Testament scriptures. As we move on here, uh, verse, uh, verse 34, For David is not ascended into heaven, but he saith, unto, saith himself, The Lord saith unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly. Did you hear that word assuredly? That's for a fact that God hath made this same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ, both Lord and your Messiah. That's what he is saying here. That's what the word of God is telling us. And might I say, this is the same message that speaks to our hearts today. The gospel message of Christ crucified and his glorious resurrection and ascension and the Holy Spirit, as we are learning here in the book of Acts, being poured out upon all flesh through that wonderful uh, message of the gospel and through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For the then Peter, now when they, verse 37, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Let me stop here and ask you a question. If you haven't received Christ, this is a question you would ask yourself today because eternal consequences rest upon it. If you are rejecting Christ, 
you have one destination, and that is the pits of hell. You say, well, that's awful drastic, Jeff, but well, let me tell you something. It is truth in Scripture. As a matter of fact, Jesus taught more about hell and the eternal damnation of souls that reject him than he did any other teaching. As let's move on here. I want to read verse 38 again, or verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. That means they were cut to their heart. Who was doing the cutting here as they heard the gospel message? None other than the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was bringing this word that they were hearing, the word of truth, to life in their hearts. He was bringing it to a a fact in their hearts that they needed the Lord. They had rejected the Messiah. I have no doubt that many that were here and hearing the same message were many of the same ones that stood there before Pilate crying out, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. So they were cut deeply in their heart. And then they asked the question, what shall we do? They had come to an end of themselves and they had seen that they had crucified the, the Lord and Savior sent from God, the one that was born in Bethlehem, the one that lived a perfect life, the one they had rejected time and time again in his earthly ministry, the one that they had cried out, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, the one that was resurrected from the dead 50 days earlier, they recognized and they recognized their need for him. And they said, what shall we do? Sinner friend, if you're out there and you're rejecting Christ, this is what you need to ask yourself today. What shall I do? Peter says right here, and this is a wonderful answer. Then Peter said, verse 38 of Acts chapter 2, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission, for the sending away, for the forgiveness of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and unto your children. Listen now. I want you to listen closely to verse 39. For the promise is unto you and unto your children and to all that are afar off. That means all those that are out there in the world. If you're out there, sinner friend, and you're rejecting Christ, you're afar off from the Lord because of your sin. But he has provided a way for you to come out of that life of sin, and his name is Jesus. Peter said, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to all to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they were gladly received his word and were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking, breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together and had all things in common. Do you know why they had all things in common? Because they had received the Spirit by accepting Christ by faith. They had repented. Peter said, repent and receive you the remission of sins. Repent. 
He said, what did he say? He said, repent and be baptized. That speaks of water baptism. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see how all this comes together. The gospel message was preached. Uh, and I, I want to say this, as you go through the book of Acts, uh, and that will depend on how the Lord leads. You know, the gospel message is the central theme of the, the book of Acts. That is the central theme, the gospel, the good news of Christ crucified and his glorious resurrection and ascension into heaven, where he is seated in his place of authority there at the right hand of the Father on high. The, it's the theme of not only is it the theme of the book, but the Greek verb uh, for preach the gospel is evangelize, though, and it occurs more in this book, the preaching of the gospel. Pre it, it's, it appears more in this book than any other book in the New Testament. And about a third of this book of Acts consists of gospel messages. And most of those gospel messages are preached by the apostles Peter and Paul. And more importantly than that, it is a theme that the people, everyone they preach this message to that put their faith in Christ's crucifixion and glorious resurrection as the risen Lord, the risen Messiah, as these Jews did that day, 3,000 of them were converted in a, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. And the very second they received Christ by faith, they received the gift of the Holy Spirit, which was poured out this day at Pentecost, where the Lord himself became our indwelling spirit. He becomes our indwelling spirit. He became their indwelling spirit the moment they received Christ by faith and repented of their sins. That means they didn't continue on in their traditions of the Mosaic law. Yes, many of them were tempted to go back to it along the way, but they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. They, became, they went from uh, damnation to salvation from death to life, forevermore eternal life, born of the Spirit, to be born of the Spirit as Christ is to have eternal life. The Spirit of life comes in. That light from heaven floods into your soul, and that these 3,000 men that day received this light and this life from heaven. You know, it is such a wonderful blessing. This is a message that is for the ages. This is a message that has been spoken all the way from Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, when the God himself gave the promise of the, uh, the virgin birth there in, in uh, Genesis chapter 3, 15, and also the, 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 it was the proclamation, as far as my belief is, was the first proclamation of the gospel that Jesus Christ would go to the cross and look forward to him going to the cross. And he looked forward to him being bruised on that cross. But it looked forward to, as we go on through Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, the red line of blood flows from page to page all the way through. And that blood is foreshadowed. The blood of Christ is foreshadowed through 
the Old Testament, and it comes to light here in the New Testament by the cross of Calvary. It is the wonderful message of the gospel, and this is a message not only that these men that he needed to hear, these people there that day needed to hear it at Pentecost, but it's a message for the ages because it's a message that is resounding from pulpit to pulpit, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, and any other time in revival meetings. It is the message that has been spoken to our hearts today day from the word of God. Now my question is, men and brethren, what will you do with this message? That's my question. What will you do? Will you repent? Will you, are you willing to humble yourself before God? Are you willing to accept the outflow and the flowing out not only of his spirit the day at Pentecost, but the outflowing of redeeming love? Because it is God's love that through Christ that draws us to him and draws us to the cross. And it is only by placing our faith in the cross and Jesus Christ who died on that cross, not the cross itself, but his cross, Jesus Christ and every drop of his precious blood that was shed in the ground that day for you and for me and for all sinners. We are all sinners. My friend, sinner friend, if you're out there, I'm not saying I'm better than you. No, I'm just a sinner. I'm the sinner saved by the grace of God. And that is the parallel message of the book of Acts as well. The grace of God, God's unmerited, undeserved favor toward and his love for you and for me and for everyone. And this brings new light to John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Put your name there, sinner friend. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. My friends, I'm asking everyone today in the sound of my voice, what will you do with this wonderful, remarkable message of the risen Lord, the risen Messiah, the gospel, Jesus Christ, sacrificial death, and his glorious resurrection and ascension into heaven, where he is there now interceding for those that will give their life for him. He is there interceding, and when you come to him in faith, he is saying, Father, I poured out my blood. God the Father sees the blood of his Son, and by that, in placing your faith in him, you receive the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That verse says a whole lot, my friends. He was made sin. He that had no sin, he that knew no sin, paid our sin debt. All of our sins were placed upon him at a place called Calvary. And God fired down his judgment upon all those sins upon him that day on the cross. And his blood was shed there to pay the price, to redeem us, to set us free from the bondage of sin and Satan and death and darkness. He set us free. And these 3,000 men that day were set free from that bondage, and they received the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit into their heart. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 3, and I'll close here in just a few minutes. Jesus said 
in John chapter 3, verse 5, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. In verse 3, he also said, what did he say? Jesus answered and said unto Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot enter, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And verse 5, he said, Unless the man is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And it is only by the blood and the sacrifice of Christ and his glorious resurrection that we can receive the Holy Spirit, which was poured out that day at Pentecost. Will you not receive him today? Will you not place your faith in him today and receive the Holy Spirit, his Christ person in his presence by the power of the Holy Spirit into your hearts today and be eternally saved from sin, the bondage of sin and, and Satan and death and hell and the grave. Christ has defeated all of that for us. All we have to do is place our faith in him. Friend, if you have not done this today, I invite you to do so. As Peter said, repent and, and be washed of your sins. Repent and confess Christ as your Savior. Receive him into your heart and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit into your hearts where you will be eternally saved through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gospel message. Lives transformed by the gospel message. Will you be one today whose life is completely and eternally transformed? That is my question. Thank you for joining me today. I look forward to the next time that we can share a word from the Word of God. God bless.